0: Welcome to episode 1220 of The Sleeper in the Bust. I am Justin Mason, joined, as always, for the last Sunday of the regular season with Jason Collette. How are you doing, my friend? Hey, uh, in
1: recovery, man. Uh, It's been a long week. I have learned this week that uh, the body does not bounce back from surgery once you get into your 50s, Uh, because my 51st birthday was Thursday, no, Wednesday. So then I had surgery Thursday. Uh, If anybody listening is considering uh, the Inspire Sleep option, I'm happy to talk with you one-on-one about the surgery and the program uh, because that's what I had done. Uh, But if I stumble across a word every now and then on this podcast, just warning you in advance because they have to do nerve work when they do the surgery. uh, And I'm finding myself fumbling a couple of words so far. So just warning you in advance, I may sound a little different because of of that. But uh, other than that, uh, you know, my favorite team is still trying to win this division. They called it the best prospect. I'm going to forget what happened in college football last night and focus
0: on our undefeated commanders. Yeah. They're, well, <laughs> you may not be able to focus on them for being undefeated for very long. Well, I'm going over to a buddy who's
1: a diehard Bills fan. I'm going to his house after we record today, so we're going to watch it together.
0: That's some nice charity work you're doing to make him feel better. So <laughs> Exactly. Uh, joining us uh, this week is Jake Crumpler of Pitcher List. How you doing, my friend?
2: I'm doing pretty great. It's been uh, been listening to Sleeper in the Bus for a while. It might have been the first fantasy baseball podcast I ever listened to. So uh, I I guess it's been a long time coming. It's been a few years, but yeah, excited to join you guys today. Yeah, Yeah. I would say
1: that never, never ceases to make me feel old, but it's also good to hear. We hear that from a lot of different people. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm like, that's awesome. And I'm like,
0: God, I'm old. Uh, (laughs) It's all right. One of the first podcasts I ever listened to was the old Towers of Power podcast with you and Paul. <laughs> Three back hours. In the baby. Old days. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh back Jake neither of
0: us slept ever. And we were like, hey, let's just talk for a while. Mm-hmm. Jake, why don't you remind everybody where you breach on social media and then talk about what you do over at PitcherList.
2: Sure. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jake Crumpler. All of my work can be found on CrumplerBaseball.com. Uh, at PitcherList, uh, I do a bunch of different things. Uh, I part of the reliever team. So we put out reliever ranks articles every day. I, I do one a week there. I also am a member of the in the pen podcast, a bullpen focused podcast. That one comes out every week. And I also do the weekend editions of Pitcherless daily podcast, the first pitch podcast. So Bubba and I, we do that one that one's a lot of fun. I also write for baseball HQ um, and have a personal podcast called free baseball, which usually goes live on at athletes hub. But, yeah, uh, pretty much busy every single day doing doing some baseball thing or another.
0: Definitely go and follow Jake. I've uh, got ha- gotten to hang out with him a couple times now. Uh, went to a Giants game uh, together with a big group uh, a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. Kept to hang out at Barf. So uh, one of the people in fantasy baseball you need to be following because he does a lot of work and a lot of really good work. So uh, I love that first pitch podcast that you and Bubba uh, do. So. Uh, All right, let's. uh, We're going to talk about a bunch of fab uh, because there is still fab to be had, right? I know a lot of, I know some people aren't going to be worrying about their fab as much today, but there are some of you out there chasing championships next week. I know that I am one of them. And so I'm going to be interested to hear what you guys in particular have to say. Let's start with a bunch of pitcher shutdowns. We're going to be seeing this happen all throughout this next week, right? This is going to be a really frustrating week. Uh, in terms of fantasy, because we're gonna have pitchers like we saw last night with like Cal Quantrill only go four innings. We're gonna see guys uh, being shut down early or being skipped uh, to line up playoff rotations. Uh, Yuri Perez, Logan Allen, and Sandy Alcantara uh, all shut down. They're all put on the IL. Uh, Alcantara already there with, and he had a flare up of his elbow issue. We'll get to him here in a second. But let's start with Yuri Perez. Where do you think you'd be willing to draft Yuri next year, Jake? Uh, I think he's going to be a pretty popular guy that gets pushed up.
2: Yeah, he's definitely got a lot of upside. He was really good this year uh, in certain stretches, but he's still really young. And I feel like the Marlins will continue to limit his innings. I think he was around 130, 120 innings this year with his work in the minors as well. I did some research to look at my rankings last year to see if I could find a comparable pitcher. And I think the area that I would probably take him is around SP40. It's around like where Grayson Rodriguez and Nick Lodolo went early in drafts last year. And those guys seem pretty comparable where we we had seen Lodolo have success in the majors and the minors. Gray, Grayrod had yet to pitch in the majors. Both of those guys were... Guys that would likely have their innings limited to around 140 innings pitched or so. And I think that's what holds Perez back ultimately. So I think for me, it's SP40, but he does have a lot of upside. And with the hype surrounding him and the way that the Marlins are able to develop pitchers, I can definitely see him being pushed up into the top 35 or so.
0: Where are you at on Perez for next year, uh, Jason?
2: Yeah, I like Jake's point
1: about uh, President Rodriguez and Nick Ladolo. Uh, for you know, those were two guys definitely people were chasing the upside for coming into the season. Um, with that, so that's when I looked at the injury, I had to look it up because Yuri Perez is dealing with an SI joint, and I can't even pronounce the what the S stands for. Uh, in that, so it, it's basically a, a lower hip socket area, like mid, so. I guess the good news is is that it's not arm related; it's back. So again, this is this is the kind of thing Jake made a good point about the innings because he was at 77 last year and he was up to 128 this year. I mean, he he had been at 77, 77, 128. So this is good progress for a 20 20 and a half year old uh, with this. So yeah, I would expect I could see him easily going in the top 50 next year maybe even having a little bit too much helium attached to him. But this, in my personal preference, this isn't the type of guy that I want to have, but at the right price uh,
0: I can, I can get on board. Yeah. I feel like there isn't going to be a right price. Unfortunately. Yeah. (laughs) You said top 50, Jake said top 40. I think there's a realistic chance that he's even like a top 30 top, Thirty-five starter, at least in terms of ADP. I love Gary Perez, and I also love how aggressively the Marlins have pushed uh, pushed their pitching prospects over recent years. And yeah. so, like, I think he is one of those guys that we could, you know, as long as health. Obviously, health is a big issue that we can't necessarily predict super well. But uh, I mean, as long as there's health, I, w- I would probably project him for 150 innings. Yeah, I would 150 say. Innings.
1: And I would say, you know, there is if and if this season has taught us anything, there is no good way, there's no proven way that pitchers are going to be protected. I mean, you, you, everything, the you know, the Rays lost three starters, Ohtani going down, all these different things happening, despite all the management of these guys. At some point, the league may just be like, you know what, <laughs> you know, we'll we'll try not to dump too many innings over uh, year over year on guys, but even that's not working anymore. So, perhaps, yeah, 150 feels like a a very uh, solid projection. Like, I I would be uncomfortable going any more than that, given the way they manage Perez this year.
2: Yeah, he's also really young. I I think he's still just... Twenty this year, yeah, it'll be so
1: just at the start of the season next yeah,
2: year. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't. I don't think they'll push him too much further past 150. Like you said, in in the past, they've they've been really reticent to push him, and also, yeah, just being that young. I mean, that's one of the few. I guess now I'm getting old enough where it's there's more than a few players younger than I am. But yeah, he's uh, he's definitely qu- quite a bit younger than I am now. So I, I feel like they'll they'll take it easy on him. Yeah, I mean, well, I need
1: each row to come back so I have somebody. To <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: just wait till you start having uh, the kids players you draft earlier on in your fantasy playing days yeah. uh, show up that, that yeah. that's always a bummer uh, all right let's uh, let's talk about Logan Allen uh, I think I mentioned this last week when uh, Bybee got shut down and won the IL that it wouldn't surprise me if Gavin Williams and Logan Allen get shut down with some sort of injury or flu you know kind of made-up injury Uh, Logan Allen hits the IL with a shoulder uh, shoulder inflammation. Uh, Jason, where are you at on Logan Allen for next year?
1: You know, I liked him quite a bit uh, for his price coming into the season, but I've frankly been disappointed uh, with his with his pitch inefficiency. And we look at I'm looking at 24 games started in 125.1 innings, so that's basically five innings a start. And then I'm also looking at a game log. Uh, where we have a number of four innings, three innings, three innings, especially that stint right there in the middle of the season. Uh, so like overall, I'm disappointed with the return on investment here. I mean, the this, this season has been serviceable given the price that we had to pay at draft season. But he has to uh, like this was uh, Alan to be somebody I want to see in the offseason what his homework assignment is, what the pitching staff goes. Hey, buddy you need this uh, because we need to see a little more efficiency, see him go into that sixth inning uh, regularly instead of going out there and the first guy he faces, Alan's coming out of that game because of that. So that's really what I want to see, that that step forward. With that, it, with, with Alan here, it feels like he took somewhat of a step forward, much like McKenzie did. I mean, Cleveland, we've talked about it on this podcast a number of times. They've got such a tremendous track record. of getting the most um, out of the talent um, that they're given to work with. But there is definitely some homework here for Allen to work on in the offseason that this shoulder shoulder thing is just a, hey, your shoulder hurts. No, it doesn't. I punch you in the shoulder. Your shoulder hurts. Uh, And it goes that direction. uh, And he gets some homework. I want to see what what the Beats have to say about Allen's homework this
0: this winter. What about you, Jake?
2: Yeah, I'm not super high on him. He's a decent pitcher for me. And with the way that the Guardians are able to pump out pitchers, I always feel like They're just one tweak away from taking a step forward. But the big thing for me is that Allen is not a big strikeout guy. He relies a lot on balls in play. It's not something I usually look for in pitchers. My boss, Nick, likes to refer to guys like these as Tobies, And I feel like that's exactly what Logan Allen is. And with somebody that doesn't get a lot of strikeouts is a Toby and is of the age and caliber that Allen is likely won't surpass more than 170 innings next year. It's not somebody I'm going to be pushing for there. There are some Toby's that I'll be interested in next year. There's always that one guy that can go 200 innings, have like a, a mid threes ERA, but doesn't get a lot of strikeouts. That's fine with me, but someone like Alan, who's not going to be an innings eater does not have proven results in the uh, ERA and whip departments. And then also isn't getting those strikeouts. I feel like this is not somebody I'll be pushing for. Additionally, he's definitely already outperforming his uh, ERA estimator. So, there's there's lots to go against there, and really the only thing you have going for you is minor league track record and the Guardians track record of pitch development. And I don't know if that's something I'm willing to trust. I'll probably take him around like SP 75 or 80.
0: Yeah, I, I think you absolutely nailed it there, Jake. I think if, if his name was Logan Smith and he hadn't had the hype that he had had going through the minor leagues, then we probably wouldn't be uh, as interested as I think some people are going to be in him coming into next season, uh, you, you realize way too much on contact does not get the strikeouts that we need in fantasy. And like you said, I, I think the the great example of like Merrill Kelly being a guy, Hey, he's not gonna get a ton of strikeouts, but you know, you're going to get 200 innings and they're going to be 200 really good innings. And you can compile those strikeouts through those 200 innings. Right. Like he's not going 200 innings, uh, Logan Allen. So no. I, I just think that it just, it's such a boring profile that, I mean, outside of like AL only leagues where you just, you do like those volume guys that are going to be around. Like, I just don't know that he's going to be high up on my list. Obviously he goes cheap enough in a draft uh, and especially in a 15 team or I'll be interested, but tens and 12s you're shooting for those upside. And uh, I don't know that he's going to factor in to a lot of those kind of teams. All right, let's finish out with Sandy Alcantara. Uh, This is a bummer of news, right? He's had some sort of setback with the, with the UCL in the elbow, uh, to me, this seems like Tommy John, which means he's going to be completely off my board uh, in these kind of offseason drafts uh, and heading into like the main draft season next year,
2: February and March. Where are you at on Sandy Alcantara, Jake? Sandy is one of my favorite pitchers. I mean, Nick definitely got me really hyped for him. But yeah, it's really disappointing to see him go down like this, especially after a season where he's somewhat disappointed for where he was taken in drafts last year was really incredible this year. Not so much. This is one of those guys that I actually got right in like a a preseason Cy Young predictor last year. So not only did I like him before that, uh, obviously because I was picking him to win the Cy Young, but then he made me look smart. So (laughs) I'll take that the glasses do part of it. But when your predictions go that go that well then you know yeah I like the
1: page that you're on there Jake you know, <laughs> there glasses this year I predicted Blake Snell to win the Cy Young. Oh. that's looking really good so yeah you and me the glasses making crazy predictions that come out well hey I like it
2: yeah well in the end though if Sandy does get surgery obviously he's off everybody's boards but he does carry that inherent risk if he does go into next season without getting the surgery there will be the idea that you know he could go down at any moment or he'll even be pitching at a reduced level like we saw this year i think that would push him closer to sp 30 for me but the way that i like to draft pitchers is to really stay away from those injured guys just because that's already one thing that you can look at and see oh i am scared of that and something that maybe those pitchers going in that range also don't have so you don't have to deal with that so I think just the anxiety there and the uncertainty of whether or not he's going to get injured or or pitch worse next year I think will push him down for me it'll probably be somewhere in the 30 to 40 range uh, depending on what he looks like in the spring but definitely a disappointing turn of events for Alcantara this (laughs) year and then to end the year on such a sour note.
0: I put on my glasses so I could look smart like you guys.
2: <laughs> I, I was
1: just going to say that. I was like, for those only listening, Justin isn't taught this class.
0: Jason, where are you at on Katara? Uh, I'm out.
1: I mean, this is a reminder that, you know, I know some people listening are like, why hasn't he already had surgery? Uh, surgery should never be your first, okay, it, your first um, option. It should be if you can avoid surgery, that's good. Uh, but it should not be your first option, like, oh, elbow's hurt and go get surgery. That's not how that stuff works, because, again, there is no guarantee with this particular surgery. Uh, you know, go back over the annals of fantasy baseball, look at some of these pitchers who never made it back from this from Tommy John. So you'll get the often, hey, I feel better than I did before I was hurt. Yeah, because you were pitching while you were hurt. It's clear wa- watching Alcantara this year, he hasn't been right. Uh, there have been some times where he's been amazing, uh, but he definitely hasn't been the guy that we just enjoyed in 2021 and 2022. Uh, so for me, I'm out uh, on Alcantara with this, but to, again, just a reminder, surgery is never the first option. If you can get away, if you can get through it with rehab, if you can you know, do a, a sleeve, you see that even the sleeve is a six to nine months recovery, maybe that's where it goes. And so there's a good chance if he gets a sleeve at six and nine months, you may get half a season out of Alcantara, half a season of effective pitching um, with that. But March drafts off my list unless the news drastically changes for the better.
0: Yeah, and I mean, we have to remember, too, like if he's going to get the surgery, whether he got it a month ago or he gets it, you know, in the next month, like he's still missing pretty much all of next season anyways. So if not, it comes season. back 100 percent, you know, it always yeah, takes so. time to get back to,
1: uh, your expectations uh, for somebody. So,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. We, we've we proselytized enough on this podcast about that with these guys. Mm-hmm. I'll come back 100%. It takes time to adjust. And Alcantara uh, is a, a one of the bigger risk-reward type of guys. If everything works out really well for Alcantara this offseason, you know, and if you're drafting early, maybe you benefit from it. Uh, but his, his draft price for you sickos doing drafts right now is, is free for the taking if you want to take the risk.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't, though. I, I know I probably will be starting a draft here sometime in the very near future, and he's like, going to be off my board. Sicko, uh, sicko, sicko. <laughs> yep. Charlie Morton has got a finger uh, injury. Uh, he is CIL. He's going to be out for the NLDS. Do you think Morton's back next year, Jason, and would you draft him? Uh, I know which finger he's hurting for me because he's really tanked my
1: outside yeah. chance of winning XFL. Uh, he's had a terrible September uh, I was honestly, I thought he may retire at, after last season, uh, but you know he
0: came back and he said, and Morton signed that big deal. Uh, the one year, it was just a one year deal, right? It's got a club option for next year, I think, at twenty million. Man, he, I
1: don't know if I picked that up if I'm Atlanta. Yeah, I don't, I don't think. No, that's and, and if, me... if they don't, I retire. I mean, Morton's. <laughs> I mean, he he's got a lot of mileage on his body. Uh, between all the injuries that he had, he's already had. A, he's he'll be forty. Uh, the last thing I want to see Charlie Morton become is what Adam Wainwright was this year. Adam Wainwright, yeah, he got to his 200 wins, but it's been painful, painful. And and then over the last two starts, Adam Wainwright was pitching like vintage Wainwright. But before that he was arguably the worst pitcher in baseball uh, with, with the numbers and the outcomes. Uh, So I don't want to see Morton go down that path. So if he can retire this year with, uh, you know, fourteen wins, three sixty-four ERA, and one hundred and sixty-three innings and thirty starts. Walk away. Say it's been a career, and uh, you know Atlanta is the prohibitive favorite to win this whole thing. Anyhow, take your ring, walk away. how do you feel, he's man? just
2: he's just seventy wins away from two hundred. He's got to go for it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like at this point you can see the signs of his downturn coming. He's really struggled with his command this year. That's led to a 1.43 whip, a walk rate north of 11 and a half percent. And I think that makes it a little scary for him to go into next year. His strikeout minus walk rate is really not good. It's 14 percent. But if he continues to walk guys at the rate he has, he does have like the most hit by pitches over the last five years or so. Um, And so I I think those are signs of, of somebody that's obviously losing their command and losing their ability to pitch he still find found ways around it because his stuff is so good he's somehow at the age of almost 40 able to throw 95 miles per hour with a wicked curveball but i i think i'm with jason here right off into the sunset while things are going well you don't want to have your career end on a sour note and change the perception of what kind of pitcher you were when you pitched?
1: I mean, it's absurd that he's been able to, if you round up a uh, 25% strikeout rate for each of the past eight seasons at his age. Uh, and that's, that's the crazy part. He can still spin it. Uh, but this year is like one of the, and it's kind of surface. We saw it a little bit in 2020, but the base runners is really what's been hurting him. But September has been really tough uh, some of the matchups were bad, uh, but his his performance in those matchups have not been great. So it is, uh, like I said, yeah, you know, he he should get another chance to pitch. If Atlanta doesn't make it out of the NLDS, that is a massive, massive choke job. Sorry, I know Atlanta fans are listening. They're like, don't say that. But come on, your team should <laughs> no. be in the World Series if you don't make it there. That's a choke job.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, and yeah, he does have a $20 million club option with no buyout. So I I can't imagine that Atlanta picks that up uh, next year. I think this is probably the end of Charlie Morton. Uh, Let's talk some fab. We talked last week about Shane Bieber potentially being a pickup. Uh, He's still available in a lot of leagues. He's going to have a home start versus Cincinnati. Jake, any interest in Shane Bieber?
2: Not really, which is surprising considering how good he's been over the past I mean his whole career but this year has really been what we expected last year when we saw his decreased velocity the strikeouts have fallen his results have fallen and it can all be blamed on that fastball velocity falling all the way to 91 miles per hour and now coming off of an injury where his first start did not go well I think he allowed five runs four earned in five innings with five strikeouts lots of fives Let's hope there aren't as many fives in this next start. But it's not the ideal matchup. I mean, the Reds are sort of hit and miss, and we aren't in Great American Ballpark, so that's not something you have to worry about. But Bieber, I think, is really just living off name value, and he gets an additional boost because he shares the same name with a famous singer. So um, I I think at this point, it's not somebody that... I'm gonna be spending the fab that I have left on. I have no fab in any of my leagues. I don't, I don't, why are you doing this? Se- why are you doing this seg- segment? I, <laughs> who's who's got fab anymore? Sure. Um, but some it, people yeah. do. <laughs> I'm at zero everywhere. But anyway, yeah, I, I'm not gonna be pushing hard for Bieber. I mean, if it's like a one dollar thing, you know, might as well. If you're really desperate or in or in fifteen teamers, maybe go for it. But. It's not like a matchup that I'm super itching to go for. And Bieber definitely gives me uh a little bit of the heebie jeebies right now with the way that he's pitched this year.
1: What about you, Jason? Uh yeah, I'm I'm still concerned about Sensi fan. You had a nine-nothing lead yesterday and lost the game 13-12, in a game oh, you absolutely man. had to win. I I can't even fathom. It's been a while since my favorite team has blown a lead like that. Uh and that's just <laughs> tough. I, there was, there was this time where the Rays would go to Cleveland and just have these epic meltdowns in Cleveland like that. Uh, But nine, nothing to the Pirates. uh, And I was like, wow. Uh, But anyhow, uh, no, I don't, I agree with everything Jake said. I'm not interested. This is a one start. We don't even know how deep Bieber going to go in this. I mean, this is, we're we're already seeing some of these other teams, just like, hey, just we're all there a couple of innings. We're already seeing pitching by committee uh, in some of these uh, different teams. So, no, I'm not interested. I'd rather, you know, I'd rather take the shot at the guy we're going to talk about next uh, because, you know, he's coming back off the I.L. and he wants to get two more starts under his belt before the season's over.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm bo- with you both. Uh, and I'm also probably not going to be super high on Bieber once again uh, next year. <laughs> uh, just, I think I'm probably going to try to fade him. Uh, Tristan McKenzie is the next guy. So, Jason, tell me, why are you interested in him? So we get, a, we get a
1: little bit of a preview today. He's coming off the aisle. He pitches against Baltimore. That's obviously a, a tough matchup. Uh, I'm selfishly hoping he does extremely well in this matchup. Uh, but then he gets Detroit, at Detroit. So he's he's you don't have to absorb if, if Baltimore puts a hurting on him today. Then you don't have to absorb that. You only have to absorb uh, the one start against Detroit. But he has a good matchup. So again, if you're trying to chase wins, you're in one of those leagues. Uh, like I mentioned, how 5th and 11th place are separated by three wins. You know, this is the kind of shot you take. Uh, but you, again, you get a preview today of what his stuff looks like. And if you don't if you don't see the same sharpness in his breaking ball, you see the command all over the place, then maybe you don't do it.
0: What about you, Jake?
2: I totally agree on that front. And I, I think at this point in the season, it really doesn't matter what a, a full season outlook is. So like, even if you weren't in on McKenzie before the season because you were worried about him getting injured or his injury totals, we're past all that. At this point, it's just, would you stream this guy? At Detroit. I would stream a lot of guys at Detroit, and I think Tristan <laughs> McKenzie is one of them.
0: Yeah, for me, it's going to depend a lot on... I mean, obviously, I want to see him pitch well uh, today versus Baltimore, but really about how deep he goes into the game. How many pitches does he get to throw? Uh, because if you are streaming guys right now, you're likely streaming them because you want to get strikeouts and wins. And if he's not going to go deep into the game, he only went three and two-thirds in his last rehab, rehab start, then he's not going to be worth it. I need to be able to see that he can go close to five in this start, so that way I have a really good feeling he could go five against Detroit so I could try to pick up that win, pick up as many strikeouts. So, uh, yeah, I, I would be interested. If, if he goes four and a third, four and two thirds uh, today versus Baltimore, then I think he's definitely a top-tier stream option for next week. So uh, I would be kind of trying to move in on him for that Detroit matchup. If he only goes three and a third, three and two thirds, I'm probably just going to leave him on the wire and go, go after someone uh, who I might think can qualify for win or a bulk reliever type guy uh, mm-hmm. that can uh, maybe try to steal a win. Uh, Albert Elzelay, uh is working his way back. Any chance you think he is ready to come back and maybe sneak some saves in down the stretch for Chicago there, Jake?
2: I think he's supposed to play catch today. He did a bullpen session a couple days ago. I think he's still at least a few days away. I They obviously don't have the ability to do rehab assignments at this point in the season. It's, it's difficult to tell. I mean, I'm supposed to be the reliever guy, so I should have a definitive answer here. But um, he's... Even if he does return, it's going to be really late. I don't even know if he gets a save chance. I don't know if they push him that hard. You know, if he does return and they're just like, we just want you to take it easy and pitch in a major league game before we have a possibly huge playoff series. I, I don't know. The The chances that he gets a save are so slim. The chances that he returns are very slim. So the chances that he gets a save are even slimmer. Um, I would not put too much fab on it. I, I would save it for some other guy. Uh, there, there are other relievers returning that are in a similar spot. But Azalea's been absolutely great this year. Has taken hold of that closer role in Chicago, but. Yeah, the the chances are so small, but also there's the point that there are not many options of guys that you can pick up off the wire right now that'll get you saves. I feel like James MacArthur on the Royals might be the only guy we're looking at right now. He's been quietly good and getting saves this past week for the Royals, but Edward is he might be too risky for me because even if he does pitch, it's going to be a little risky.
0: What about you, Jason?
2: Uh, I would, honestly,
1: I would put them both in. I say put them both because we're, uh, Felix Bautista's the next guy. So I just want to talk about both guys at sure. the same time. They're both just playing catch. Yeah, you know, they they the the teams the Cubs are, are still trying to claw their way into the postseason. They've left a lot of games on the table that they should have won this week. So there's you know their their October is not uh, predestined like Baltimore's is. Uh, so they're both just still trying to play catch here. Um, you know I think we talked about even Bautista last week. I'm still out because, you know, Ciano Perez is doing well um, out of the bullpen. Uh, And so they don't need – Baltimore doesn't need Bautista to come back and pitch this week. So I want somebody that can give me an inning. I think I've talked about this in this podcast before. A friend of mine lost the league when he put Tanaka in his lineup, and Tanaka ended up not pitching, and he lost the league by one strikeout. All he needed was one guy to come in and get a strikeout, and he would have won the league. He lost the league on a tiebreaker because that guy, Tanaka – Pitch That's so weird. I want somebody who's going to give me an inning and, and, you know, you should, like, I, I heard uh, Todd Zola on the roto uh, podcast on Friday, talk about don't neglect your ratios right now. So just take a look at things. If your ratios are in good shape, it takes a lot. I mean, they've got to be really tight, but you know, like I can take a shot in some of these leagues. Cause I have like a one one uh, one 1 seven whip. And the next team behind me is a one, two, two. I should not blow that in a one in one week scoring period. So I can take my chance and try to chase a win there uh, with that. But I got to have guys that pitch this final week of the season. Uh, and uh, if, if you're going to be a sickle and have an October playoff draft, let's see. But right now I don't want either of these guys because I don't know if they're going to pick up a ball in a regular season game. And I need that stat.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm right there with you on both Batista and Auzelay. Uh I just, I don't know if they're going to make it back at all, much less uh, actually factor into the ninth inning Of a game uh, coming right Back so both teams are in Playoff races they're going to probably be uh, You know pretty conservative with Their their pitching down the stretch anyways So I'll probably pass on both Any interest in Batista
2: there, drink I mean, yeah. I mean, just to have him on your roster, I feel like that's cool. Just be like, hey, look, I had Felix Bautista on my team this year. I'm a great drafter. Um, But no, I I feel like he's probably got an even lower chance of pitching, like Jason said, because the Orioles are pretty set this year in terms of the playoffs. Though, uh, if he does come back, I feel like they might throw him out for a save next weekend, but the chances are very, very slim there. They want to hold him for the the, uh, ALDS. I mean, because they could get the – Wild card off if they win to the, the division so if it does come down to the wire like that maybe they do deploy Bautista in the season's final couple of days but if they got it locked in they're going to win that division they really have no reason to do so they could give them another week off before they even think about pitching him in a playoff game
0: all
2: right uh moving away from relievers
0: and over to hitters CJ Cron uh is come off the IL the Angels are at home all week any interest in C.J. Crone there, doing
2: No, not at all. He uh, he has not been playing since he got activated. I do playing time analysis for Baseball HQ. So I do the Giants, the A's, the Angels, and the Diamondbacks. And they have been using Crone in a short side platoon there. He started once in the past week at DH. The Angels are set to face a couple lefties this week, but with the way that Krohn's hit this year, I mean, he's he's not in Coors anymore, so he's not the the same exciting guy that we thought of him over the past couple of years. And the Angels might have one of the worst lineups in all of baseball right now with the amount of talent that they've lost slash given away. But Crone, with his lack of playing time and his abilities outside of Coors, is not somebody that I'll be interested in.
1: What about you, Jason? Yeah, I had a momentary lapse of uh, memory issue post-anesthesia. I forgot Chrome. Was he not even on the Rockies anymore? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah I, was I was
2: looking at that. Like I, was, an, I was wondering. He,
1: well, it's just like when you look at it, as you said, he's just not playing. I, I mean, yeah. I just I just watched a series with him playing my favorite team and don't even remember him in the game. <laughs> so that's, that's, where, that's where things are uh, with him. But no – uh it's just he's not playing i mean they are given the playing time and deservedly so uh uh and, and drury at first base in dh and those are two of the guys that are hitting uh in that angels lineup and so they're getting the playing time and i don't know where chrome's gonna
0: get it yep i'm with you guys uh what about uh matt McLean, who's uh, p- uh supposed to be activated on tuesday it's just a five game week though any interest there jason That's the issue. Uh, He's coming back Tuesday,
1: but with it only being a five-game week, uh, when I I was looking at my lineups this morning, trying to maximize the counting categories, looking for guys playing six and seven, uh, taking chances there. So it really depends on your other options, but a five-game week, and there are a couple of teams. Like Tampa Bay's got a five-game week this week as well. Uh, So you have to take a look at your options and and take a look. If you've got a a decent seven-game option with a guy that you know is going to be out there every day, I would be taking that over a five-gamer.
0: What about you, Jake?
2: I feel like it depends on how deep your league is. In 15 teamers, I'll probably start him just because the level that he plays at is a lot higher than the replacement level in those leagues. But there is the idea that with the way that he's played this year, I feel like I've been waiting all year for him to fall off. He's got a 385 BABIP. His stat cast metrics are solid, but they are not indicative of a guy that's batting 290 with a 500 slug. So I've been waiting for him to fall off all year and Maybe we would have seen that in September if he didn't get injured, but now that he's going to be coming back sort of early from an oblique injury uh, as a guy that is just about ready to sort of have a downturn in production, this might be when we see that and we won't get an extended period of of that luckily, but maybe these five days don't go too well for him. He does strike out a lot for a, a guy that's batting, as high as he is, so I would not be super excited to start him in 12-teamers, especially because middle infield's really deep this year. My uh, home league, I just have so many middle infielders, I might not not even have room to start McLean when he does come back, but yeah, I'm not super excited there, but I think in a 15-teamer, I'd go for it, unless you have really good options outside of him.
0: Yeah, I think I'm with you guys on that. I think 15 teamers is probably the only place where McLean makes sense. Like I, I got him in tout something, and I, but I can activate him midweek there. So it makes a lot of sense. I don't even know if I would play him necessarily if I had to make the decision earlier on in the week. So uh, I think it's probably best to pass, especially because have so many moving parts there too. Like, is he guaranteed to even play every single game yeah, down right. the stretch once he's back? I, I don't know that he is. Uh, what up Brendan Rogers? Uh, Rocky's going to be home all week. Uh, he is, uh, you know, playing pretty regularly in Colorado. Any interest in, uh, Brendan Rogers there, Jake?
2: Yeah, I think so. He's not doing what we thought he would do, especially with the way that he's performed the past couple of years, but you know, it's maybe it's just taken a while for him to get his feet under him. He's got a 58 WRC plus this year, not ideal, but you know, anyone playing in course could probably, get at least a couple of hits. I, I think all of us might, might have a hit in us. Um, but Brendan Rogers, maybe not living up to the hype that he used to be, but if he's playing every day, he's playing in course. Um, I, I think I'll, I'll give it a shot. I'll definitely in, in a daily league, I'll definitely give him a stream on a day or two, but um, yeah, doesn't excite me a lot, but he is playing in course and he does play every day. So that that's, that's something. What are you Jason? He's playing every
1: day. He's playing near the top of the lineup. The only thing I'm watching for is, is he going to get his first career stolen base this week? That's, it is wow. crazy to me that he has never run into a professional stolen base. Never. And he has 1,255 plate appearances, 309 games, and he has zero attempted stolen bases. He it's, not even it's crazy. He He's league average speed. What? But it's 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 absurd to me that that is that is where he's at. But it's like one of these things I looked at uh, before the season. I think I made my bold prediction was he will steal a base this year. I think that's what my I was going to joke and say he was going to steal a base. But when the I funny looked,
0: thing is that most people would have been like, "That's not bold at all." But yeah. the under <laughs> is going to hit
2: because he ain't stealing shit. Yeah, he, maybe he's just sprint, scared of getting injured.
0: Sprint speed, which we know
1: is not totally indicative of steel, stealing bases, is twenty two. Uh, so he's not, I mean, even in this year with all these stolen bases, you figure he'd be on the back end of a double steal. Nope. He has never attempted a professional, a major league stolen base. Now in the minor leagues, this was the, one of the things like in the minor leagues, he actually did it. Like he had 12 steals in 2018 and double a, he has not had a stolen base in since 2000, the end of the 2018 season.
2: If Albert Pujols can steal a base, Brendan Rogers can steal a base.
1: Exactly. I want to say that
0: Jose Molina had a stolen base in his career. Jose
1: <laughs> sure Molina is arguably the slowest base runner I have ever seen.
0: <laughs> yeah, not gonna happen. Uh, I'm not super interested in Rogers. I think if maybe if you need some, you know, maybe some batting average or something, maybe a maybe a a home run or something like that. I guess you can have worse options on your team, but like he's just such a boring player. You know, just it's it's just such a boring, empty kind of batting average profile that. I really just don't care about Brendan Rogers that much. Maybe some run scored because, like Jason said, he, he hits to the top of the lineup. But like, yeah, I I hate Brendan Rogers. Um, Jose
2: Molina stole 20 bases in his career. <laughs> wow, that's wild.
0: Yeah, he, Rogers is right there with Daniel Vogelbach. No career steals. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, Joe well, well, Del- well, well, to go for one this year. He had this week. He has to if he's still healthy. Do it. Go for it.
0: Why not? Yeah. Uh, Joe Adele has come off uh, the IL uh, and been called up. He's played every single day. He's got a couple of home runs already. Jake, you want some Joe Adele?
2: Uh, I think I do but uh, I feel like now that the pressure is off of him, he I think he got called up too early back in 2020, sort of had a lot of pressure on him to be the next big thing there to to make up for whatever the Angels were lacking with Otani and Trout there, and now that there's no pressure, not only on Adele, but also on that whole Angels team, I feel like he's just there playing, and that's what we've seen him do in the minors, where he's had continued success there, 24 home runs, 9 steals at AAA this year, He's still only 24. There's still a lot of potential in him and I don't think we should write him off just yet. The strikeouts are going to be a big problem, but I feel like now he can uh just mash a couple home runs, get everybody excited to draft him way too early next offseason or this offseason. What about you Jason? I am a
1: big Joe Adele fan because I, I need him uh, right now. I, I mentioned earlier I've lost Taylor Ward and Mickey Moniak in AL Labor, and I had Joe Adele on my bench because I had him thrown into a trade because he was a reservable player in Labor. So I'm using him right now. He's in my lineup. Uh, he won the game for the Angels yesterday as hitting a solo shot off of, of uh, Sonny Gray. That was a one nothing game. That was it. That was the game. So, yes, Adele will strike out a lot. The other thing about Adele is he's out of options after this year. So he, it's like – they're to Angels are going to play him every day and make the decision: uh, is he th- like the next Brandon Wood, where he just hits all over hits all over the minors and never does it in the major leagues, yeah, or is there something here? It's too early to give up on the talent. He's got his defensive issues. Yes, he has the strikeouts, but you know what else do the Angels really have uh, that will be coming up uh, in the way? Yeah, I mean, obviously they're losing Otani this winter, and they've got a bunch of final year contracts they traded for that are going away. So for me. I would love to see Adele stay in the middle of this lineup this week and the future, but he has been hitting fifth, sixth, or seventh. He's hit fifth. Uh, hit fifth Friday. Hit fifth Saturday. I haven't seen today's lineup yet uh, with that, but I am. And Joe Adele does have a um, a six game week this week. They're off on Thursday.
0: Okay, so Joe Adele faces uh, or the Angels as a, as a team face uh, these pitchers: John Gray, who's looked awful. Uh, recently Awfuls being too kind, yeah. Martin Perez, who's been awful most of the year, uh, Dane Dunning, who's finally started to come back down to earth, JP Sears, who you know can be hit or miss. Um, someone named Joe Boyle that's that's uh, got to be one of those sprites names yeah. where it's, it's a real hey, picture.
2: Zero ERA the, in his first nine innings, the I guy know, throws a hundred,
0: and then don't forget about Paulie <laughs> punch and <laughs> so Dallas Braden likes to call it right. like punch punchouts and then Paul Blackburn. so he's facing the worst pitchers the Rangers have to offer and then A's pitchers. Why not like what I mean is he gonna have like a 230 batting average probably maybe even worse Probably. Is he gonna strike out 35, 40 percent of the time? Probably. could he have another couple more bombs? uh sh- sure, why not like I mean if he hits three home runs against those pitchers, I am not going to be surprised at all. If you are just looking for power at this point, which I know some people's power standings uh, or home run standings are like pretty bunched up. So it could actually be a difference maker. Uh, exactly how I predicted when I said he was going to be a superstar at some point. Uh, in his career, he's just going to be a superstar for this week. And then next year, we'll probably go back. <laughs> At to, some like, point. Ignoring him. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't say for the rest of his career, did I? Um, I don't remember. <laughs> uh, man, that was such a huge, huge swing and miss on Joe Adele, which is apropos. Um, Miguel <laughs> <laughs> Miguel Andor is playing uh, somewhat regularly. And uh, hey, he's doing what Miguel Andor does in small spurts. Any interest there, Jake?
2: Uh, probably not. I I don't think he plays enough. It's not like a strong enough lineup that the run production is going to be super high. He has been pretty successful this year. His minor league numbers were crazy. At AAA, he batted 338. He hit 16 home runs, walked nearly as much as he struck out. Pretty wild. I feel like at this point, the Pirates could probably trade him for Ronald Acuna or something like that. I know Miguel Handujar is... (laughs) popular for being a, a, a guy with a lot of trade value but nonetheless yeah i feel like he's not playing enough it's not a strong enough lineup he doesn't do enough for me to get excited to spend any amount of fab on him
1: what about you jason yeah i'm glad pittsburgh's finally getting getting a return on investment uh here <laughs> it was part of that that big comeback yesterday it's it, honestly, it's it's just funny to see him still hanging around for all the hype that he had coming up with mm-hmm. the offensive value. Uh, how bad the defense has just marginalized his playing career uh, for him. I would take the chance you know, this week. I was trying to look at Pittsburgh's looking at Pittsburgh's schedule. He's got he's got some. It depends how much the pitchers are going to pitch uh, this week against Pittsburgh. But this isn't an easy slate of pitchers with yeah. Aaron Nolan, Zach Wheeler. Edward Cabrera, Braxton Garrett. So he's got some tough matchups. He's going to have Ranger Suarez and Braxton Garrett uh, as lefties. So that that should help. But overall, I'm not terribly excited because this isn't a great slate of matchups. And he only played three of the six. So we're really talking about UNL-only folks here, where your mixed slagers can just tune out.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, the slate, especially early on in the week, when we kind of know like the Phillies will probably still be throwing their guys uh, you know, a decent amount early in the week. You get both Nola and Wheeler. And, I mean, Ranger Suarez is no slouch of a pitcher either uh, when he's thrown well. So uh, I'm I'm probably skipping this one. What about Johan Rojas, uh, Jason? Is he a guy you would look to pick up? Uh,
1: if he needs steals. Uh, getting back to the county. I mean, he's sitting at the bottom of the lineup, but he's out there and he can run. and He's done extremely well. He's been impressed, you know, with his athleticism. Uh, so if you need steals, yes, uh, that's really, again, but it comes down to you NL only guys uh, really in a mixed league. It's unlikely that steals is as close at this point of the season, but it's not improbable. But yeah, if I'm chasing
0: steals, absolutely. What about you, Jake?
2: Hey, that seems about right. I don't think I've thought about Johan Rojas all year, but he definitely is fast. Stole 62 bases in 2022. 30 bases uh, at double-A this year and 14 more in the majors. He's definitely fast, uh, which has helped his BABIP be north of 400. Uh, I, it depends on whether or not he plays, but yeah, he's he is very fast. I'll, I'll give him that.
0: Yeah, I mean, if, if you're looking for some cheap speed, I think you can uh, make the argument for it. He's, he's stolen 14 bases. The batting average is completely fraudulent. I know he said 299, but his ex-BA like uh, is like 240-something, so like. I wouldn't I wouldn't be looking for extra batting average, but if you are literally just looking for a couple cheap steals, I think Ross, one of those guys, especially was the Phillies start to kind of, you know, shut it down uh, to get ready for the playoffs. Uh, Ross could play pretty much, you know, the end of the week, uh, you know, every game. So uh, I think in that case, I would take it, you know, 15 teamers and deeper. I would take a shot on him as a steal only option. Uh, let's finish out with uh, Junior Kimonaro. Uh, again, as Jason mentioned, uh the top prospect of the Rays called up. They've lost both uh Lowe and Rayleigh. So I think there is some playing time down the stretch. Jason, you're our Ray's guy, Ray's correspondent. Or you yeah, raised for us.
1: I mean, It was funny. They didn't play him, they didn't uh put him in the lineup the day he was called up, but he's been in a line he was in he hit fifth yesterday, and he's hitting fifth again uh, today. So Camonero, the playing time with Brandon Lyle's out for he's done for the postseason too because he's got a fractured patella, fouled the ball off his kneecap, which sucks because he was having such a good second half, uh, yeah. really really good second half. And then Luke Rayleigh has been trying to play through. He collided, I, didn't, I didn't even see how this happened, but he collided with somebody during batting practice and tweaked his back, and he said in his last plate appearance that, like, he had no arm strength in his left arm. It's like, okay, cool. Uh, you know, that's your, you're trying to swing, and he popped up the catcher, and he's like, yeah, I can't play through this. So he's done for the regular season. So the playing time is there for Camonaro and, and the offense needs it. I mean, you look at the lineup, and even Randy Rosemarie has been a little tweaked. So he got hurt Friday running the bases. He didn't play yesterday. He's not in the lineup today. So you look at that raised lineup today against Toronto, and it's the Durham Bulls. I mean, it is – you look at like five of the nine guys were on the opening day Durham Bulls roster. But that's the kind of season it has been for Tampa Bay this year. So we came in arrow I mean, they're putting him in the middle of the lineup because they have no choice. And I would say watching his at match yesterday – uh, his first plate appearance against Hung Jim Ryu, and Ryu just like just slings the kitchen sink at you uh, with you 65 mile an hour curveballs and then 90 mile an hour fastballs, and he was really throwing good changeups. Uh, and Kiminaru earned a walk, accepted a walk in his first plate appearance. And you, know, I've seen major league veterans go down uh, swinging at, at those types of things, but he did a really good job. Then he hit you know 112 off the bat for a single for his first uh, for his first hit as a major leaguer. So it's, it's impressive. He has the uh, – he's got the wherewithal. Uh, he's more mature at the plate than one would uh, think of somebody his age. Now, he does put the ball into the ground quite a bit. He had over 50% ground ball rate. Uh, but so did Wander Franco uh, when he first came up. Am I allowed to say that name? I'm still really pissed off at him. Uh, and so so Franco had the same problem uh, coming up through the system uh, and that obviously started to, uh, to change. But Camonero is the future. I- I'm still stunned. They let him skip AAA and they called him up. But honestly, it came down to choice. And when they, when the Rays lost Brandon Lau and, uh, Luke Reilly, they actually had to, um, uh, purchase Ramel Tapia. They had picked him up like a month ago after Boston had cut him down. And they had to bring Tapia in just to have another outfield because Siri's also out, uh, as well. So a lot of injuries to deal with. Uh, I think this is a situation more of, uh, circumstances than anything else. But Caminaro is postseason eligible. He's going to play every
2: day because they really don't have any other option right now.
0: Where are you at on Caminaro there, Jake?
2: I'm super excited. This is definitely one of the young guys that I think has some of the skills to be one of the better major leaguers in baseball. I think he's more of a pure hitter than the rest of the international guys we've seen come up in the last few years, like Acuna and Tatis and Soto. But yeah, he, he is legit. 31 home runs in the minors this year in his age 19 season. And this is wild batting like 330 across high A and double A. That's super good. And to get the call this early, you have to think that the Rays know what they're doing. They usually get things right, especially with young players like this. So I feel like if they're giving, giving him the call now, they feel pretty confident that this is uh, a one of a kind player that's going to be able to come up and really have a, a lot of success there. there. I feel like there's a possibility. Possibility next year, he starts the year in AAA. That that seems like a raised thing to do, just to ensure they get that extra year of playing time. But I, I, next year, I'm super excited for him. And I, I think this week, he's definitely a, a pretty good option. They, there's the possibility that they can get him on the postseason roster. Uh, I know he wasn't on the 40 man to start September, but there's always loopholes with that kind of stuff. So I'm excited for him to possibly get his name on the map in the postseason but maybe I don't want to just so that we get that little bit of discount in the uh draft season but I feel like he's going to get a lot of hype this offseason but Camonero definitely a legit prospect not just a power hitter not just an average hitter I think he's a really great pure hitter similar to maybe what like Vladdy was when he was coming up through the minors definitely like the numbers aren't quite as as astronomic as what Vladdy was doing but Camonero is definitely a, a legit prospect.
1: Yeah. Avoid the Franco contract and just give it to Camonero. I'm, I'm <laughs> all
0: serious. I think that's probably going to end up happening. So maybe
1: It's it's crazy that they ended up getting him from Cleveland for um, Tobias Myers. I, I uh-huh. believe it was. It's just they, they ended up getting and, and the season he's had. is crazy. I will say this. I told you guys earlier about like XFL – Ian Conn and Steve Gardner are going to win that league. I have junior Camonero. He was my first reserve pick in that league. I cannot tell you how many trade offers I turned down that may have won the league for me. And, but I was just like, I no, I'm not doing this. Uh, But I had multiple trade offers from multiple teams. Like just name your price for Camonero and I'll do it. Uh, And it's a dynasty league. And I have in arrow like $1. I'm like, there's not a chance of trading the guy. Uh, So it's, yeah, uh, I'm gonna lose that league, but in the, in the long run, to me, it was worth it because I'll get to see my my uh, I'll get to see Camonero exceed because when you look at the profile, it's just it's so rare. As Jake said, you know, to look at a kid of that age with that with the performance he's putting up at the level he's putting up. I mean, most 20 year olds are in low A ball, and he is and now he's a major leaguer at 20 uh, with excellent plate discipline, and I'm super excited. for him future and we're going to overdraft the hell out of them this winter <laughs> right, yeah we're going to overdraft the hell out of it like you, if you thought the uh the jordan walker news was fun let's see let's see what happens with junior coming out
0: yeah yeah absolutely all right that's gonna wrap us up for this episode uh jake want to remind everybody rick Reach on social media and then plug
2: everything you got going on uh once again you can follow me at jake crumpler on twitter uh i can find all of my work at crumpler baseball.com uh what I got going on. I think I got two articles coming out this week for pitcher List. It'll be my last like one-off article of the year, as well as my Sunday edition of the reliever ranks. I'll have the, my personal podcast, the free baseball podcast coming out on Wednesday. We usually do that live around like 9 30 PM Eastern time. That's on at athletes hub or the Athlete hub on Facebook or YouTube. Um, all, all my work at BaseballHQ.com. They they got some great content over there. It's, it's behind a paywall, but it's definitely worth it. And then uh, In the Pen should come out this week on Friday morning. That'll be the last edition of that this year. I, I did have a, a couple things come out this morning too. First Pitch Podcast, uh, Reliever Ranks, and, and I'll do First Pitch for my final weekend next weekend.
0: All right, Jason, where, where can people reach you? And what are you working on?
1: Uh, so working on the collect calls into the bold prediction recap season. So, I'm doing the AL hitters, uh, and uh, looking at my AL bold predictions, most of them were pretty crappy. So, I'm surprised I'm doing well in AL leagues. But I guess the lesson there was to recognize your mistakes early and cut bait, like Colton Long looking at you. Uh, so yeah, things like that. So, I'm working through that. Uh, and then, uh, trying to think the other, oh, the other, I mean, I'm watching two things, obviously. One, I want to see how the Rays do. Uh, in the postseason, but I'm also on Blake Snell's Cy Young watch uh, Because he's got a two-start week this week One against your Giants, which you have said Often are terrible against lefties uh, mm-hmm. And then he's got uh, Who's he have to finish? Oh, he's got the White Sox to finish the season Is nice. so what I saw? Yeah, yes, I he's, he's got the White Sox to finish the season So, I mean, if you're not If you have Blake Snell, you know how well he's pitched But he has pitched to a 123 ERA Over his last 16 starts 123 gonna After get his, paid he's, he's gonna get paid so good he's gonna get a robbie ray and i I would hate for it to work out like it has for robbie ray but that's what's going to happen here uh this really looks like robbie ray's contract here robbie Ray got Cy Young went off uh and but this is what's happening uh, with snell but he was remember he was one in six and then he has gone on absolutely shoved since and it's been fun to watch and selfish like i said he was my preseason season Young prediction so i'm like I want to be able to walk into a, a specific draft room where people make fun of me for that prediction and do the whole, um, you know, the Vince McMahon strut. I want to walk in like that. Uh, I'll serious this, but it's been fun to watch. Yeah. Fun to watch him turn that around like that. And then I got a, you know, multiple leagues where I'm in either first or shot at first this week. And I just need the season to end because uh, my, uh, between the, uh, the meds from this surgery and the nerves from this—I'm a bit of a wreck. <laughs> so I just want to get through this season and uh, and start enjoying October. I do not do postseason fantasy stuff, so I just one more week, man. It's been a 27 week grind, and I am ready to just relax and watch some baseball.
2: That's
0: right. Yeah, and you can follow me on Twitter uh, or any social media platform at Justin Mason FWFB. Uh, I'm done writing at Fantasy Pros. Turned in my last article yesterday, so uh, I will uh, likely be rejoining them again for baseball season next year, but no more content over there for me. Uh, I still got a few more Roto write-ups to do uh, over the week, but mostly I'm going to be sweating out teams. Uh, I'm just going to be sweating out uh, trying to win championships uh, and trying to win as much money as possible over the course of the next week. But yeah, as soon as we record season, that, I'd say we record that,
1: but it would be just mostly profanity. Yeah. Every yeah, moment would be just like us overreacting to something. So it's like, no, I'm yeah, yeah. Profanity
2: podcast. Like, Let's bring Nick Pollock on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right in like. <laughs>
0: Uh it's yeah, it's gonna be a stressful week uh for me. Uh uh, but you can definitely uh, hit me up. And then as soon as the season o- is over, uh I plan on I'm, I'm continuing to work on my projections, which I've already act, I've already started, uh, and then uh, a bunch of kind of season wrap stuff. And we will be back on Sundays in two weeks. Paul and I will continue to record uh, uh, weekly uh, during the off season. So make sure you stay subscribed uh, and keep listening all off season because we don't go anywhere. I know a lot of other podcasts go dark, yeah. but we do not. And one final
1: note for those listening today, don't forget the First Pitch Arizona discount is $100 yes. discount. Uh, today is the last day for that. Uh, so if you download and listen to this today, you haven't made the decision to go, uh, or you're looking at your league standings, be like, hey, I'm going to win a league. I'm going to have some money. I know the rules say you spend 100% on your spouse. Put some aside for yourself and come to First Pitch Arizona if you haven't already made that decision. Uh, I know I'm looking forward to it tremendously. It is, uh see, 37 days from today uh, that I'll be in, landing in Arizona for the second time because i got uh, to go back for real job stuff the week before. Um, so I get two trips to Phoenix at the end of October. But it is uh, the best money I have missed one year uh, since 2007. Uh, and I love it. and looking forward to seeing everybody and, and talking through a bunch of different things. I think I'm doing a presentation on Steels and this, the Stolen Base Market this year uh, because I talked about it a bit last year and they wanted me to follow up on it. Uh, with that, so I am uh, very much looking forward to that and seeing everybody in person again.
2: Me too. This will be my first year there, and Rick. Oh, Graham nice. Said, yeah, Rick Graham said he was going to try to get me on a a reliever panel too. So maybe I'll, I'll be first time there and first time speaker. So Perfect. I'm super pumped. I have yet to buy my plane ticket. um I, I'm just really bad at procrastinating, or maybe I'm really good at procrastinating. Um, but I guess that's just a money thing. I need to do that. But yeah, I'm I'm super pumped. I'm super excited to to get out there and meet everybody in, in person. It should be really really fun.
1: I would give you the word of caution when you buy plane tickets in the, in the Phoenix. You will find that flying it depends your balance. And this I guess I'll bring this up for everybody. If you leave on Sunday, Sunday leaving Phoenix, everybody leaves Phoenix on Sunday. So if sure. you can stay the extra day and then maybe the hotel, you you know, buddy up with somebody. If you fly out on Monday, your plane ticket will be cheaper. But if you put the cost of the hotel, it may wash out. But just mm. beware, if you haven't bought plane tickets yet, everybody tends to leave Sunday. I bought mine months ago. Uh, I'm flying home Southwest, Phoenix to Baltimore to Charlotte. Um, but I bought mine months ago. But that's typically how things work. Um, in, in Phoenix, and um, I don't know why. It's just like they cut back the flights, but it's always been more expensive. There have been times where I've stayed the extra night because even with an hotel, it was cheaper.
2: Wow. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: yeah. I'll be getting in Wednesday night and leaving Sunday morning. So, uh, looking forward to uh, seeing Jake again and seeing, of course, Jason again in First Pitch, Arizona. And hopefully, all of you definitely go if you have the opportunity. It is a ton of fun. Uh, that will wrap us up for this episode for Jason, Jake, and myself. Thanks for listening. Have a fantastic baseball season. Thanks, guys.